going to be in a familiar passage, even if it's not familiar with you by name, you'll, you'll recognize it. Uh, we see it in here, and we've heard it many times, but I don't know if I may have preached on it. I'm not sure, but I'm going to turn to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. We're reading out of the New International Version. I invite you to follow along with whatever version you have in front of you. Start with verse 22. This is the priestly blessing, the ironic blessing. That often we end services, and many other denominations end services with this, but today we're going to preach on this, and we're going to begin with the priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face to you and give you peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so overwhelmed by your love today. May our hearts, Lord, just be bursting, Lord, to share and show that love to so many around us, Lord. Your blessing has overwhelmed us. Let it continually be so. We love you and praise you this day for your precious word in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, Parker's mentioned uh, high school and middle school and all these in English class. And one of the stories I was thinking about is, is, I don't know if anybody was like me. When I was in school, who wrote really small? Okay, now who wrote really, really, really small? Okay, who took it as a challenge to write as small as you possibly could sometimes? That was me, right? We had to meet another person in school, and, and we would really, I think we kind of one of those unwritten challenges, unwritten things. We never said we were in a competition, but we were in a competition, or maybe that's just me that I make everything a competition. I know that's possible for some of us. And I would write so tiny and try to get as much as I could in there, except English class, because then you had to write a page. I did not write like that at all. I wrote much bigger, but in, in, in other class, I wrote small. And then, see, now that I'm getting of a certain age, that, that, that I feel like maybe I was being a little bit unnecessarily mean to my teachers i'm not sure they even could read what i had in front of them so i got pretty good grades back then and i kind of wonder maybe they just couldn't read it so they just passed me on and that's the reason i got it. i don't know but i wrote really really small okay now when chrissy and i when we went to uh our trip recently we went to a museum and they had something there that was just it wasn't something i knew was there and 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 they they brought these things out the, the they had this exhibit up and many years ago uh, about 1979 they had done a big excavation a little bit southwest of jerusalem outside the old portions and there was this building that had been collapsed and collapsed and there was like several about a foot or two of just stuff and i don't know if you've ever read about some of those old archaeological things like they come in and they they take these layers off we were just talking about somebody last week with this and they they do it but so gingerly so 
just lightly, right? They, they get the little brushes and, and they give it to the, the new people get to do the smallest things, right? You know, they don't get to do the big exciting stuff. But sometimes the exciting stuff is in the small things, right? Sometimes the exciting stuff, there's reasons that they do that and go very slowly and brush every little piece. And there were hundreds of things they found in this collapsed cave, right? This place had been, and, and had been there for a long, long, long time. And then they found all they found just a huge cache of pottery and jewelry and some coins and some bones because they all find some cool things. But then in this whole thing, they found these things. Then they just real lightly, they were about just about an inch or two long. And they were about less than a half an inch kind of wide. And there were just these two little things and they got them a little bit, cleaned them up just a little bit and they, they were made of silver. And, and, and these things, they didn't know really exactly what they were at first, but they, they, they dated them later on, and they found that these were actually from about 600 B.C., the time of the first temple, not even the second temple that was destroyed later. Like, we talk about that all the time, the temple destroyed right later on, 72 A.D., after the Romans came, but we don't talk. There was a temple before that, and the temple was destroyed, but this was during that first temple time that these little pieces were found. And I think we've got a picture of that. I want you to see they, they actually were little tiny scrolls. And they unrolled those. And they opened up and they were silver. So they were able to really stand the test of time. And they were, they were found. And on those, you can't really see. And you can kind of see, I, th- I think, some of, of when they blew it up, what it would be. And these are just unbelievably small. But there were just lines and lines of text on there. And what they found was the ironic blessing. They found this passage of Scripture on these little tiny silver scrolls. And this, this was what was, because I, I just a little bit nerdy and excited about these things. This is probably, most likely, uh, pretty well accepted, the oldest written biblical Scripture on the face of the earth. It is the oldest known piece of Scripture. It was found in a place called Ketef Hinnom, and these little scrolls are known as that. And they were actually probably rolled up, and they, they, they were probably a scroll they probably hung on someone's neck, even as, as jewelry, to keep them close. But this, it was just fascinating to me. I took this picture, and I just, I keep going back to these, this picture, because I've always loved this blessing. I love hearing as we go. It is just, I feel encouraged. I feel uh, just uh, warmed when I hear this blessing. And, and I just think that we, as a people of God, are called to receive this blessing. So I did a little bit more and, and just thought about it and wanted to reflect on this particular blessing that God has for us and He had for them. It uh, just was uh, just amazing to me. It reminds me of that scripture, right? God will preserve his word. And in many different ways, but God preserves his word. And I'm telling you, it was tiny little script. It's called Paleo-Hebrew. It's, like, uh, it's even like a different old Hebrew. It's like not just ancient Hebrew. It's like a really, really ancient Hebrew. It's a little bit different. And they wrote really small, etched on these. And I mean, we don't even know exactly how they did it, but they wrote very small, got this, and then there's this other little scroll that had even more on there. And I tell you what, God has blessed me through this passage so many times. I, I this is, uh, I got to confess a little bit. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've sat in entire church services, and then at the end of the service, 
if you'd have asked me what the pastor said, I'd have had nothing, right? Anybody like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least I got a couple honest ones. It happens, right? But there's times and sometimes that we're just overwhelmed with the things of the world. And sometimes we're just in our own thoughts that God is working in our hearts and our own thing. And the Spirit can work on you. And it's not always through the sermon. Hopefully at times it is through the sermon. But it's not always through that. But there have been times where I've just felt like that. And in our, in our previous pastor, he, he didn't do this every week, but he did it quite a bit. And he would have us hold out our hands to receive the blessing. And he would hold out his hands. And actually, he didn't do this. But, but really, old time, it looks like you got two Spock fingers going. And, and the priest would actually raise his hands, put it out, and give this blessing. There's symbology there, but and, and give this blessing. But he would have us, and we'd stand up, and we'd receive this blessing. Guess what? We're probably going to receive this blessing at the end of the service. I'll just touch you know now. But we would do that, and all of a sudden, my mind would go to God. And my mind of missing the entire service, missing the entire sermon, like I said, sometimes that just happens. But he'd read those words, and really just invariably, every time I hear those words, I truly felt like I heard the word of God. That he said, this is important words. If you get nothing else, it's okay if you get this. If you understand who I am to you, that I am giving you my blessing. And I tell you, I was just reminded of that. And I don't care how many times. I want to be reminded of that over and over again. And I hope that you receive that blessing, that knowledge, that promise that God has for us in this passage today. It's not going to be a long sermon because it's not a long passage. But I pray that it's important. I pray that you remember when somebody says, oh man, have you ever heard of number six? It's like, yeah, I remember that one. I don't remember anything else out of Numbers. I tell you, there's not a whole lot there. But I remember Numbers 6. I remember that Moses received from God. He used Aaron. He said, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons. That's an important part of this passage, right? Because we always talk about context. We talk about who is speaking, who are they speaking to, right? And so his sons, this is my interpretation of this. I don't think I'm the only one. But, you know, he was speaking this blessing to these people. The context of this is really important. This was after they had brought and brought out of Israel. This is before they really come into the promised land. It's near the beginning. This is a blessing. Uh, I think one of the, the Fretheim, I think one of the commentators really highlighted the part for me that said, this is a blessing for the journey. That they were getting ready to go to this wandering in the wilderness, right? And this is a blessing for them saying, I know what you need and I am going to provide for your needs. This is a blessing that you will need in your wandering. This is a blessing to remind you of the promises of God in your life. You need this. And he said, it's for Aaron and his sons. This is something that is ongoing. See, the context was for them, but I believe this is one of those times that this context continues with his sons, continues with pastors today, continues with those that would stand up and speak for God and say God's blessing has nothing to do with them. It has God has words for you today, and they are good words. They are encouraging words. If we would just hear them, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites say to them, the Lord bless you 
and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. This blessing is ongoing, but keep is an important part that we will see over and over again. And really, I wish that that, that the translations would be a little bit different because we see actually keep is throughout here. We see watch, we see other things, but this is a thing that says, I see you. I have you. This is about His protection of us. We pray for that, but we believe that it's already promised to us. But we just miss and we want to see everything as the world sees it and not as God sees it. His protection is different than what we call for. His protection has much more to do with our hearts and our minds than anything else. His protection has to do with the spirit and the attitudes that which we say, give me the attitude and the mind and the heart of Christ Jesus, right? It doesn't say, give me the, the health. It doesn't say, give me all these things. It says, give me the heart and the mind and the attitude of him. I will protect that because that is what is going to bring you into right relationship with me. That is what is going to bring you the anticipated coming and the relationship that we will maintain forever in the presence of God that we may dwell with Him. He gives that to us. There's six things that we see throughout here. And God is the actor. Some of the language they would use. God is the the one doing something here, right? He's not calling, and I want you to hear closely, he is not calling on us to do something here. This is God telling us what he does. These are the things of God. He wants his gracious will for his people. And we as his people, today we receive. We enter into Christmas time. We enter into the season of of giving and gifts, and we receive today. Sometimes we just need to stop thinking about everything else and receive what God has for us. He definitely wants us to have a heart of giving, a heart of hospitality, a heart of graciousness, a heart of all these things. But sometimes we just need to sit back and receive what God has for us. And today, He has His blessing for us. Blessing covers this entirety thing. Um, I just, I, I think that, I don't think we like to be a kept people. Ooh. Do we? we? We sit in a world and I think people are just angry around us, so we've seen a lot and heard a lot of this lately, right? That we just feel like everybody's trying to tell us what to do, tell us what to think, that we don't like to be a kept people. But I tell you, reject that from God. You can, you can not fall into the trap here. We don't need to be kept from here. But we do need to be kept by God. That should be a good thing. We want to be in the keeping, the watchful eye, the protection of our Creator that loves us so much. We want to be kept people as long as it's from our wonderful God that loves us so much that would continually come back the Lord. See, this is God telling Moses to tell Aaron. I don't know why he goes to this telephone thing, but he tells him to tell them, bless them in my name. Bless them. Say, bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you 
and be gracious to you. This is a promise that God wants you to receive His grace. Amen? I want to receive His grace every day. I want His grace more and more, and I want it to fill me that it overflows into this broken world, that it may also see and want the grace that He provides. Do you allow our wonderful God to bless you, or do you get distracted by everything else in this world, not wanting to be a kept person? Or will you receive today the blessing that God has promised you? That keep is really about safety. It's to keep watch over. It is to guard that God does this. We see this whole thought of keeping in uh, another psalm here. I lift up my eyes. Have I heard this? 121, we've probably heard this before. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord watches over you. We've heard that. You repeat it. God repeats it. You listen to it. You fall into line with it. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you, nor the moon by night. The Lord, guess what? He will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Doesn't say watch over you today. Doesn't say watch over tomorrow. He says he will watch over you. He will keep you. It's the same word. He will keep you all your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This, that's promise language right there. This is, we have a blessing that God will watch and keep us. That's a blessing. I will bless you. I will keep you. I will make my face shine on you. Some say the countenance, the same word, they change it sometimes, but they're both, it just repeats it. Sometimes they shouldn't translate it different things because in English, gosh, they say you don't want to use the same words over and over. It gets boring, it gets boring. It doesn't get boring. God is making a point to repeat himself and say, this is who I am. This is who I am to you. Listen to me. Let it shine. This is the illumination of God. This is light and love. This is the light and life. We see light throughout that this is what he brings us. He illuminates a broken and dark world that we may see that it is not good. But he brings us back to his creation. Boy, it fit in great, Parker. You listen to the God. I love it, man. What does he call creation? It is good. It is very good. God has blessed it. It is good not because we are good on our own merits. We are good because God has made us that way. That if we continue and we fall and we allow his illumination, if we allow his keeping, if we allow his, even his law to rule our lives, it is good. He brings about the unseen into the seen. He says, that's what shining is about. We may not see it, but boy, can we feel the warmth and the light of God's presence in our lives. Now I'm going to flip that back. Can other people feel God's warmth and presence 
from our lives because of who he is in us? Are we reflecting that shining on others? May he be gracious to you. Fretheim tells us too, one of the things that he said is, we now get to see God's face glowing, not glaring. Those are some good words. Too often the world sees it. Too often when we get into the church, we see the thing, God glaring down in this anger. No, he wants a relationship not to lord over us, but to be Lord. To let his face shine on us, that it may glow, that his illumination may bring about all that we need and change us into his likeness, to change us into his love, change us into his joy, change us into his grace and his mercy for this place. He has so much for you if you would just receive it that's why when we do this in the blessing at the end we ask people to just hold out your hands not because it does anything because it makes us think am i receiving the blessing that god has for me open yourselves our posture matters open ourselves to what he has for us And then we get to the pinnacle, truly, of this short blessing for us. The Lord turn his face towards you. Some may go far, but they get this whole thought of, you know, maybe there's God as a father raising his child. What do you do when you lift that? Isn't that one of the best moments? You, you get this young kid and you just lift him up, right? Where do you, your face, you lift your face to them, you see them, you're excited about them, you're connected with them. They see your joy, they see your excitement for their lives, but lift it up. We risk our face, he lifts his face to his creation, and he's so excited for us. He, let the Lord turn, lift his face towards you, and what? And give you peace. We, love, we lit this candle, Advent, we love these themes, right? But today's is peace. We call, we ask God for peace all the time, right? We say, God, give this to us. Now this word, the peace, I don't know if you, this is a big word, because you hear it all the time, shalom. It can be a greeting, it's one of those great words, it means so much, but it's, it's shalom, and that's really, it's much more than just even how we understand peace. If you even look up some definitions, it would be peace, Harmony, this is one I like, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, it's all of these things. Tranquility, it is that peaceful tranquility, it is, but it's that wholeness. The shalom says, I am making all things right. That we will have his ultimate shalom later. That he will overcome even the darkness and the brokenness of this world. But he says, guess what? Even amongst your journey, even when you're wandering in the wilderness, you may have my peace. You may have my wholeness. You may, you may wander in peace. Even that tranquility. But here's the thing. We don't have to ask for it. We need only receive it. This is a promise God made a point. Tell Moses, tell Aaron, tell my people, tell us. The Lord turned his face towards you today. He says, I give you peace. Now 
or reminded later, John 14, peace I leave with you, right? My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, right? I do not give as the world gives. What do you say? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Oh, this is his promise for us. It is a gift. Do not be troubled. Do not be afraid. You don't have to because I've given you if you would just hold out your hands, if you would just receive my peace, it is there, my wholeness in our relationship, the completeness that I have for you, this is my peace that I give you as a gift, as a promise. We do not have to accept, but we don't have to ask for, we only receive. I love this passage so much. You see, salvation is the same way. When we think about the gospel, salvation is not a request. We don't go to God and say, God, save me. We don't have to go in that way. Too often we think about it, oh, I've got to go and I've got to to ask God to save me. That is not the gospel. That's not what Scripture says. We only have to receive because it has already been given for each and every one of us. He has died for all, for all of our sin. His work, His act. This is another act of God. He is the one acting, but we receive what He has given us. It's a promise. We can't earn it. We know that. We've heard a thousand probably sermons on that. We don't earn that. It's already given. The work has been done on the cross that those that would come and accept and receive. If they come out and God, this is who I am. I'm a sinner, but I need you. And Lord, I don't even know what that means yet. But I receive. My hands are out. My heart is open. I have a new spirit upon me. I will follow you. I will cast my nets aside. I will cast my family aside. Not mean, mean I don't love them, but I will follow you because I've been made new. I've been made whole. I've received your blessing of salvation in my life. Now I do with me whatever you want because I know it is good. I know that I don't have to be skeptical, cynical, like I do need to be in the things of this world. We must be discerning of the things of the world, but we must be open to the things of God and allow that blessing to flow out upon us. And a part of that, receiving that salvation, is the knowledge that there's ongoing promise of blessing and of peace. It is blessing for a journey that we're in, some days much harder than others. But we have something that the world does not have. And it is good. Amen. Amen. These little amulets, like I said, some of them, they hung on someone's neck. Probably they don't know that for sure. But they were rolled up. You know what? They weren't made to unroll and roll. They weren't made of paper. They weren't normal scrolls. They were tightened up. They weren't going to be, they they probably never thought that in 
thousands of years later, somebody would open them up and read them. But see this next line, it says, So they put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. They said, you know what, they clothed themselves. They wanted to hang this probably so close to them that they just knew it was there. They didn't need to read it. They knew it was there. It had been made part of them. They put it on, just as we put on Christ, that he is in our lives, that he is there, that we may have a constant reminder. They held it close so they would have that constant reminder of God's peace for them. I'm going to invite the musicians to come at this time. We're going to pray a prayer. We're going to sing. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing. And then afterwards, we're going to come down. And we've done it before. We'll do it again. But today, I want you just in a special way when we do that. I'm going to give, I'm going to lift my hands. Nothing to do with me. And I'll speak the words that God has given to you that he has given to us and i want just today like i said if you hear nothing else that's fine but receive the promise of the blessing that god gave to us we're so happy that you've chosen to listen to our sermon today on the platform of your choice we at Corey community church the nazarene continue to honor our calling to be kingdom people we rely upon the gift of the fellowship and community to equip each other to fulfill our mission of reflecting the love of Christ to all those that God has placed within our lives. We welcome you to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Cory, Indiana, just south of State Road 46. God bless.